that truth is marching on. I heard it, I hope you heard it clear with me. And uh, the theme also that I heard was one nation under God, right? We are one nation under God, yes? We are going to keep it this way. Regardless of what's happening in the world today and in our nation. The Bible says in Proverbs 14.34, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. We are blessed with a rich Christian heritage for which our forefathers paid a high price for. As a Christian nation, and you know, I need to tell you, this nation was founded on Christian ethics, on the Bible. Our forefathers, when they penned the Constitution, they took the spirit of that Constitution from the Word of God. Don't ever forget it. And as a Christian nation, we worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Other nations are not ashamed in worshiping their own gods. And we should not be, we will never be ashamed in worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep that, keep focus on that. But I'm sad to say today that we have failed to maintain what our forefathers handed over to us. What we see today is a lack of loyalty to this nation, lack of patriotism, and a lukewarm love for our country. Our hearts grew cold toward God, and we became like any other nation occupied with personal gain and selfish motives after being the benchmark of faithfulness and the benchmark of morality and clean living. Do we still respect and pray for those who are over us? How about those who protect us? Our armed forces, those who are sacrificing their lives to keep us free. Do we pray for them? Men and women who are dying every day to keep our liberty and maintain America free, the bastion of freedom. Are we offering them support? And respect that we owe them. Let's ask ourselves this question today. What am I doing for my country? Am I contributing something that will maintain the freedom 
that we have received and blessed and the Christian ethics and the Christian beliefs that God has bestowed upon this nation, what am I doing? Ask yourself this question. Or am I complaining? Or am I just shrugging off every spirit of patriotism toward our country? A young man who used to work in my unit 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago. Dean knows him. His name is Robert Trenchler. Sent me a, a story and he tells me, Adel, this is a true story. He lives in Arizona nowadays. He was a good man. I enjoyed him because he was patriotic. He loved America, and uh, he loved me too and respected me. And every now and then, he sends me some notes. Today, Yesterday, uh, last week, when I received that beautiful story from him, I said, well, if, uh, if I find someone from the Air Force in our congregation on Sunday, I'll tell the story. <laughs> Do we have an Air Force man who is currently working there? Where is Chris? Ah, Chris. Chris, I am proud of you. I am proud of your uniform. And I respect you very much. I'm sure your dad is very proud because he has another son who is in the Marine Corps. Michael, right? You should be a very proud man. And may the Lord bless you, Chris, and your brother, and keep you safe as you safeguard our freedom. He sent me this, uh, this little story. And uh, please forgive me for keeping you a little bit over time today. Are you with me? Do you want to stay over time with me? And Do you want to listen to me? He knows uh, the area very well, and some of you probably have received this email, but I, I'd, I'd like to read it to you and uh, give glory to God. Uh, Luke Air Force Base is west of Phoenix and is rapidly being surrounded by civilization that complains about the noise from the base. Every now and then we have those beautiful jets that co- go up and down and practice and uh, keep us, keep themselves ahead so they can keep us in check. Uh, one individual, it seems to be, uh, well, we won't mention the gender, uh, did not like the noise one day. He or she were shopping there, and uh, they sent the lieutenant there a letter. And they told him, the question for the day, who do we thank for the morning air show? Last Wednesday at precisely 9.11 a.m., a tight formation of four F-16 jets made a low pass over Arrowhead Mall, continuing west over Bell Road at approximately 500 feet. They were low. Imagine our good fortune 
Do the Tom Cruise wannabes feel we need this wake-up call? They were complaining. Or were they trying to impress the cashiers at the stores for early bird specials? Any response from the base, air base, would be greatly appreciated. Okay, I want to read you the response. Regarding a wake-up call from the Luke's jets on June 15 at precisely 9.12 a.m., a perfectly timed four-ship four ship, fly by F-16s from the 63rd Fighter Squadron at Luke Air Force Base flew over the grave of Captain Jeremy Fresquez. Captain That's emotional for me. Captain Fresquez was an Air Force officer who was previously stationed at Luke Air Force Base and was killed in Iraq on May 30th, two years ago, Memorial Day. At 9 a.m. on June 15, his family and friends gathered at Sunland Memorial Park in Sun City to mourn the loss of a husband son and friend. Based on the letter writer's recount of the flyby and because of the jet noise, I'm sure you didn't hear the 21-gun salute. The playing of taps. And because of the jet noise, I'm sure you didn't hear the 21-gun salute, the playing of taps, or my words to the widow and parents of Captain Fresquez as I gave them their son's flag on behalf of the President of the United States and all those veterans and servicemen and women who understand the sacrifices they have endured. A four-ship flyby is, dis is a display of respect the Air Force gives to those who give their lives in defense of freedom. We are professional aviators and take our jobs seriously. And on June 15, what the letter writer witnessed was four officers lining up to pay their ultimate respects. The letter writer asks, who do we thank for the morning air show? The 56th fighter wing will make the call for you. And forward your thanks to the widow and parents of Captain Fresquez. And thank them for you, for it was in their honor that my pilots flew the most honorable formation of their lives. Only two defining forces have ever offered to die for you, he concludes, Jesus Christ and the American soldier. One died for your soul, the other for your freedom. Lieutenant Captain Grant L. Rosenstiel, Jr., United States Air Force. Chris, call him when you go back and thank him and tell him my pastor read your letter at his church. Only these two offered to die for you, Jesus Christ for your soul and the other captain for your freedom. Christians, congregation, 
May God give us full respect to what we have. First and foremost, we have the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. He bought our freedom on the cross of Calvary. And secondly, we thank God for all those people who are over us. From the president down to the soldiers who are in the fields. We should pray for them and support them. And give them all the honor we can. Because this is what the word of God wants us to do. This is how we be. And we become an excellent citizens. Corporate citizens, if you will, please. Did you like the story? If you want a copy, I have it fully here. What America needs today. I'm sure that this letter was a wake-up call for this lady who wrote this letter. I'm sure that a letter such as this one will wake us up to realize that we have people guarding us. And you know what? If God doesn't guard us, the people will not do enough guarding for us. We thank God that the Lord Jesus Christ guards this nation. But we have to do our utmost or every effort to keep it free from the invaders. Today, we're facing one of the greatest challenges that we have ever faced in the history of this nation. Just take a stroll down Wall Street. And look at the failure of the banking system. The illustrious financial conglomerates, how they have. Count how many institutions and commercial companies failed and gone bankrupt because of personal gain and illegal practices that we never thought will happen in America. Look around. And you see corruption ruining great companies. And greed set its teeth to eat the savings of innocence of millions of Americans. Add to that the violence at home, in our neighborhoods, and in our streets. Why? Why? Why we're asking? Because we wanted to prosper at any price and get to the top by any means. Why? Because we chased God out of our homes, our schools, our society, and our nation. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, the elders of Israel came to Samuel and told him, Even if destruction is our lot, we want you to appoint a king for us to judge us like any other nation. That was the cry of all the old nation of Israel. And you know what happened to them. And today with crying, we don't want God over us. We want a king like any other nation. We have kicked God out of our schools, out of our homes, out of our society. 
And we don't want him in our nation. And we thank God for what we heard today. If you, if you caught the theme today, one nation under God. This we will be if you and I will always be awake, will take a stand, will fight for what God has given us, and will protect even with our lives. One nation under God. We cannot falter. We cannot give up. We cannot give in. Regardless who governs us. Regardless of what we hear. We are going to stand firm on the promises of God. Give us a king. And Samuel ran to God. I said, they don't want me anymore. And the Lord said to him, no, they have not rejected you, Samuel. They have rejected me. Do we see today that God is rejected? Do you see everywhere that we don't want God? If you open, if you open a, a little word about Jesus Christ, it's, shh, you're not supposed to say that. It's not politically correct. But if you talk about any other subject, any other religion, people listen to you and invite people to speak in your churches. The great Abraham Lincoln once spoke, If destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. We don't want sin to eat us from within. This is what happened to the nation of Israel. Sin ate them from within. They changed God into another God. They worshipped idols instead of the living God. And this is the wake-up call. As this lieutenant wrote this woman, he says, Wake up, young lady. We were saying goodbye to a young man who gave his life for the nation. We're not trying to play over your heads. And today, today, we are taking God very lightly. And we take other things things seriously. We treat sports. We treat our own uh, way of life more seriously than we treat God, Almighty God, who gave us this freedom and this nation. America, church. Let's go back to God. This country was founded on the Bible. And let's go back to our books and start reading them. Theodore Roosevelt said, The things that destroy America are prosperity at any price. Didn't we see that? Didn't we see that, folks? Prosperity at any price. Peace at any price. Safety first instead of duty first. And love of soft living. And get and to get rich quickly. This is the theory of life. And we are seeing it today in every area of our lives. Where do we start? I say and I hope you agree with me. As a church. And... As welcome guests this morning, or rather this afternoon now, where do we start? We should start at home.
We should start at home. We need a spiritual awakening at home. The, the moral climate at home is sad. I am not trying to make you sad today. But I want you to face with me the reality of our lives. We cannot say everything will be fine. We cannot sweep it under the carpet. But we have to open our eyes to the reality of the life that we are living in today. Open your eyes with me. The climate at home is sad. Do you agree with me? The dignity of the family is almost non-existent. Before we worry about fixing the symptoms, we need to fix the cause. And let us worry about our relationship with God and start rebuilding the altars at home instead of building the fences outside. Let's return to our first love and teach our children to love God and fear Him and read His Bible. Discipline is a forgotten word in a family today. Family Bible study is almost non-existent. Family altar has been exchanged with TV news and silly programs. Are you with me? Prayer around the dinner table is seldom observed. And the presence of Jesus Christ and godly respect for his word is not a priority anymore. Someone wrote, and I quote, Home is the empty house to which Junior returns from school. The place where the only sound he hears is the echo of his own voice. When he cries in vain for his mommy. The family is the basic unit of society. And you say, why is our society so rotten? Don't go far. Take the family. Take a little look at the family. If a family is broken, and many families are broken today, then your nation is broken. That's all. What makes a nation? Families. And this is why I encourage you this afternoon. If we get closer to God, if we live in righteousness, if we honor God with our lives, let me tell you one thing. We can be a nucleus of the society that is calling for let's go back to the basic. Let's go back to God. If we want to save America, and you can say, what, what, what can I say? Instead of being sarcastic about what's happening, take it seriously. Start working in your family. Start working on your children. Start delivering the word of God around the altar that you need to erect in your family. And start living according to the word of God. And that's how we can build America today. It's not carrying arms. We might be called to. We're not talking about that. It's carrying the only sword, which is the sword of the Spirit. This cuts through every heart. 
everybody and every soul. And guaranteed, it gives results and multiplied results also. If we want to save America, let's have a great awakening at home. We need to wipe up the dust of our family Bibles and start living by the word therein. We need to repent, folks. We need to pray. We need to start living for God. And we need to start at home and we need to start now. Not tomorrow. Ronald Reagan wrote, Anybody remembers Ronald Reagan? Our great president of the many influences that have shaped the United States into a distinctive nation and people. None may be said to be more fundamental and enduring than the Bible. And Theodore Roosevelt, the good old TR, wrote, It is necessary for the welfare of the nation that men's Lives be based on the principle of the Bible. That's your president. No man, he adds on, educated or uneducated, can afford to be ignorant of the Bible. Don't tell me I don't respect the word of God. The word of God is the foundation of every life. And guess what? Every life that is not built on the Bible, on the word of God, is a life in complete shambles. Ulysses S. Grant wrote, Hold fast to the Bible as the sheet anchor of your liberties. Write its precepts on your hearts and practice them in your lives. Let's go back to God. This is where we start, folks. This is what we need to do. And a second word, quickly. I don't want to keep you that long. And thank God for the encouragement I got for, from uh, Brian today. I said, Brian, I'm going to keep you a little bit longer. He said, I have all day. <laughs> thank you, Brian. <laughs> and I'm sure you're, uh, my, my dear, dear friend, Bill, who's sitting next to you, he says, Adol, keep going. Yes, I see you. The voice of the Lord also, where we need to work, is in our church. Where we need to work. We have, we have homework to do. We have work to do at home, and we have to work to do at church. The Bible says, you have first, you have left your first love. Churches today, our church, first here. I'm not criticizing any church. First here, let's talk to our church, our church, our congregation. We need to quit imitating the world and start worshiping the living God and let us return to teaching the Holy Scriptures. When I say the church, ours and every church, I don't mind if other people are seeing me today on TV. We need to go back 
to teaching the Holy Scriptures. Forget stories. Forget movies. Forget anything else. The church is a place where we preach about the Lord Jesus Christ. We need God to revive the church, not by worldly elements. You know what I mean, worldly elements? You can think. We need preachers to preach the word of God rather than essays on philosophy and psychology. On demonism. I can't believe someone starts, stands here instead of preaching about the word of God and the spirit of God. They give us an essay on demonism in the world. We don't want to know about that. We knew the Lord told us about what demons are. And we need to rebuke them. And the demon, by the way, you Christians, is under your feet. Why should we elevate him, put him on the stage? We need preacher to stop preaching about opinions of men. We need Bible studies directly from the holy book. And not from books written by men. And I respect all the books. They are, they are helps, but they, they cannot precede the Bible and the Word of God. I hope I have your attention for five more minutes. We need the church to stop trying to hold together by means of entertainment, bazaars, and worldly parties. You cannot hold a church by that. The church is held in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need men and women to act in genuine humility and submission to seek God's face. We must save our homes, our churches, and then we can save our beloved country. Church members, we need to go back to the basics and the teachings of the apostles and pattern our lives accordingly. Then and only then, we will save our families, we will save our churches, we will save our country. An old-fashioned minister asked the Lord to revive his church. He said, please revive my church, Lord. You're asking, the rev- you're asking the revival to start in the wrong place. The Lord told him. Get the revival fires burning in your members' homes. And then your church will have a new glow. Are we willing? Are we ready to start? Enjoying this freedom and defending our freedom by starting at home. Do you want to help your country? Start at home. Do you want to help our nation? Start at home. Do you want a Christian nation? Start at home. And then start at church. We need to take our responsibilities. Leaders of the churches, we need to be men of God and women of God. And then the victory will come. 
Only through Jesus Christ. So Christians, it's time to dress up. It's time to take the challenge. It's time to take our responsibilities and be soldiers of the cross. God is speaking and we are hearing. And let's say what he says. My last word to you today, the challenge from God himself. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will hear their land. Are we willing to do that? Let's go back to the Bible. It's the only way to prosperity, success, and freedom. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Our Father, as we come to the conclusion of this beautiful day, truly we appreciate what we have. We cherish what we have. And we will try and defend what we have. Whatever it takes, Lord, but first and foremost, help us to cleanse ourselves. Help us to get closer to you. Help us to work at home, work in our churches. And then we can work for our nation, to keep this nation going forward as the star of any other nation in the world. Help us to obey you. Give us the spirit of humbleness. Take any pride and let us, Lord, all together as a church, confess our sins and come back to you. Bless us and bless this day and bless this week. And we sure appreciate the independence that we have. May we celebrate it with the spirit of our forefathers that never forgot where they got freedom. The freedom through the cross of Jesus Christ is the only freedom that gives us life here and eternal life. Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.